0: things we're dealing with are threats to humanity unlike anything the world has ever seen before.
1: We can bequeath our children a greener planet and a more prosperous future.
0: That's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger.
1: If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero Carbon East Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 5. Just stop the Tories. I'm Ian mm-hmm. Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it's in. I thought I heard some gentle heckling there, Dale.
0: Oh, that was me. The begging, please, please, somebody oh, just stop the Tories.
1: The hourglass is, has been turned over, right? It's the
0: countdown. Oh, you mean because it has to happen this year?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it was just a very kind of not so clever way of saying, you know, they're on a timer, really.
0: <laughs> Clock is ticking. Yeah, I got The you. meter is on. <laughs> I got you. It's going to happen this year, right? Probably not in May. I mean, I think that's a shrewd guess now, yeah. despite all the posturing and the double bluffing that's going on. Uh, I think an autumn election, but we'll see. It's coming, though. You're right.
1: Yeah, uh, and they will leave with lots a of record. mess.
0: A mess, right? <laughs> <laughs> really, one win. of them,
1: and I appreciate this not entirely their fault. But when you hear that 2023, as in last year, smashes the record for the world's hottest year, I think a lot of people will say, "Well, our lot didn't help."
0: Well, yes, and smashed it by a huge margin. And I mean, you're right. You can't blame the tourists for what's happened in 2023 global temperature-wise, but you can blame them for what they're doing here in Britain in terms of fossil fuels, which is a big two fingers to the whole climate agenda, the Paris Accord, everything that we've signed into law, the need to keep temperature below 1.5 degree, the global rise, a big two fingers by, uh, well, just doubling, trebling, quadrupling down on drilling for oil and gas in the North Sea, which is just the most stupid thing to do, even economically, let alone in the face of the climate crisis, which 2023 records show us across the board. Smashed records in all departments, you know, rain temperatures, all kinds of stuff. You know, it's happening right now and accelerating. We're going to hit. In fact, we'll breach one point five degrees global rise in twenty twenty four, six years early. This is what European and American scientists are saying this week. And you know, yeah. this thing is accelerating.
1: And do you know what? I think the Tories have got. I, I, there's always going to be the diehards who who won't buy into any of this, and we've we've talked about it before, and we even last week's episode we talked about well, why don't they take a bit of a leaf out of some of the republicans uh, books in the united states where they, they take a slightly different approach but there are signs that things are changing um the, the tory climate czar chris skidmore has quit as an mp because his unfortunate Sorry, name, his name
0: makes me laugh
1: it's the worst name in the world uh but he can't help it but what he has done he's got a conscience he's gone F- this these people are still digging up for oil what is it 1856 i'm off
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And Alok Sharma came out this week, didn't he? Uh, And he basically criticized government's oil and gas bill which should have been voted on yesterday but ironically because of the national flooding which is fueled by uh, you know the climate crisis and fossil fuels because of national flooding there was no vote uh, but the government were about to vote on even more i think annual oil and gas uh, licensing is what they want which is just stupid uh, you yeah. know Sharma came out against that zach goldsmith uh, came out against the same thing and he said something quite sweet he said, "Look." There's no point being slavishly loyal to, to the current leadership. They won't be here very long. So yeah, like, that's, that's right. But right. yeah. with, with your know, conscience. You that's know quite I mean?
1: a brave thing to say. I know he's sort of he's on brilliant. the softer end of Toryism, but nonetheless, he's he's quite a big, you know, he's a, he's a person that people tend to listen to. And he said, "You know, it's essentially stupid." Um,
0: He said, "History will judge you. You won't be able to wipe your record clean if you vote for this bill." Follow
1: Sharma's example, he said. So,
0: yeah, no harm in Mister Sharma this week.
1: Uh, Let's do a question from Jonathan, who says, "Come on, Dale, do you really not know where Dido Harding is?" (laughs) What is this?
0: Could become a meme.
1: We're being plagued by Jonathan and his Dido uh, I, Arling I, proclivities.
0: We don't know. We genuinely don't know. Can we leave it there?
1: We're not even going to bother to find out either. That's how much we I we're don't there. want to know. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we actually <laughs> literally, we actively do not want to know. We're struggling to even know who she is. So, let alone her <laughs> geographic location. <laughs> We'll put our feelers out, maybe. Uh, Here's one, Dale. Greenland Startup Company begins shipping glacier ice to cocktail bars in the United Arab Emirates.
0: I like this one. I I wonder, are they towing like icebergs or something like that? Because uh, that used to be a thing. I'm sure back in Victorian times, before we could make ice, we used to actually drag it to London and, uh, you know, stick it in cold stores. I guess you do.
1: Yeah. How else would you have got ice if you can't make it?
0: Yeah, I think that's how it used to happen. But I wonder if they're doing that, which would be just just great. And look, this stuff's melting anyway. Here's one way to look at it. Might as well melt in somebody's cocktail glass.
1: Well, (laughs) that's a very positive spin on a very dark story, right? I like that. I'm just imagining kids in in Tilbury and Dover waiting for the iceberg to come in.
0: I think it used to be be like that.
1: Chopped up, ready for rich people's cocktails over there at the Ritz. (laughs) Fabulous thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it.
1: Ministers prioritise driving in England partly due to conspiracy theories. What's going on here?
0: Oh yeah, I love this one. I mean, it's all part of the the, the stupid culture war approach of of our government, really. You know, this this concept of the fifteen minute city is a, is a kind of urban planning concept, and it's about planning cities, laying them out so that people are close to where they work, close to schools, and close to where they want to go to the shops to reduce the amount of short car journeys, uh, ideally within 15 minutes, but I think that's arbitrary. And and it's been taken by the Tories and and other right-wing people actually and twisted into a means of control post the pandemic uh, lockdown. This is a new way to control people. And uh, the, you know, the extreme people, uh, the equivalent of uh, Julie Hartley Brew, who says, I want to uninvent the wheel. They say that uh, the 15 minute city is about councils telling you how often you can go to the shops and when, which is just stupid.
1: Yeah. And actually I drove being aware of this story. So I drove through my town the other day for 15 minutes this was a proper scientific study, Dale, i uh, have you know. Uh, right. I w- wasn't intending to do this, but I clocked it because I was thinking about the 15-minute city conspiracy thing. And I thought, right, okay, I'm leaving home now. I'm going to go to where I'm going. which is about half an hour away. And I'll see how far I get in 15 minutes because the, the, the conspiracy theory will have you believe that we will be locked in cages and won't be, or the equivalent of a cage, and won't be able to leave you know you won't be able to go that's anywhere like, At the end of your right. road will have sort of bars on it and if, unless you show your face <laughs> the, the door won't open and if you've used too many of your permits that week you can't go anywhere um and everything actually 15 minutes is quite a long way it's the entirety and then some of the complete town i live in <laughs> they can put a ring fence around that i couldn't give a shit yeah but they're not gonna everything's it's just, there it's wonderful it's just...
0: <laughs> it's just not about that, which i mean is crazy and and this was exposed actually by a freedom of information request genuinely. You know, this is being twisted by the Tories into a conspiracy theory. And at the same time, they made a quiet change to planning law for uh, city councils. They discussed amongst themselves, this has been disclosed, not uh, making a public an announcement about this, but doing it quietly for obvious yeah. reasons. And they're now prioritizing car journeys over cycling and walking, which is a crazy thing. And we're supporting a legal challenge to that because it's just a, a crazy thing to do, you know, for all kinds of reasons, not yeah. least that you know... Well, not least any of them. Well, yeah, particularly the <laughs> bullshit ones. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, right. It's about clean air. It's about exercise. It's about cleaner, uh, nicer cities. You know, there's nothing wrong with actually driving less.
1: The other thing that's strange about it, just w- where people contradict themselves in these kind of arguments, is, you know, how often have people... Hankered for the old days, you know, when you you had a butcher's on your doorstep, you had a, you know, the, the local cobbler down the road, you had everything, you know, now you've got to go somewhere, you've got to go to one of those big retail parks, you know, we, we lost sense of community. So the very same people that would the dream of, of bringing those times back are the very same people that are complaining that it might
0: be happening. <laughs> uh, some kind of a uh, convenient nostalgia, right? Some kind of partial nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, We'll have a bit of that. Cause that was lovely, but, uh, you know, back in like the that.
1: day, you know, you didn't have to do all this, go to visit carpet, right. To buy a rug. You know, there was no. Mickey Smithers around the corner would flog you one. You, well,
0: you know, you get on your horse.
1: You, on your, you see, I'm a massive fan of bringing the horse back. I've said this before. Mm. It's a great, it's a great <laughs> mode of transport. Do you imagine the first day you go, you tether your horse outside the Rosen crown? What a lovely moment that would be. Who wouldn't invoke John Wayne at that point? Nah,
0: that sounds great. As a kid, I used to try to imagine how I could, how I could live in the, in the modern world with a horse. I used to have, how how could I do that? But you just like, you just nailed it there with that little image you know, rock up at the pub tether your horse and have a pint yeah it's a little little bowl of water for the horse there a little and bowl <laughs> they, yeah they're big drinkers of water actually <laughs> big drink big drink they love they of need water. a trough yeah
1: and uh you, you go out you have a few few ales and you know <laughs> thank you landlord for your flagons of ale and, and back on the the old nag you get
0: which is not drunk and is not going to fall over and stumble down the street right correct yeah
1: Uh, Here's a question from Phil who says, is Veganuary sustainable enough to do in January when produce isn't in season
0: in the UK? Interesting question. hadn't really given it a lot of thought. I mean, but people eat meat, eat vegetables anyway. And when we're talking about Veganuary produce, we're only talking about vegetables. But here's a killer stat, right? Here's a killer stat. The actual carbon footprint of food from the distance that it's traveled, it's food miles, which we tend to obsess about. The actual contribution of food miles to carbon footprint is just 1%. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Uh, what matters the most is is what you eat. Veganuary, out of season for, I don't know what, tomatoes, who knows what, it doesn't matter because it's yeah. 1% contribution from food miles to the carbon footprint of food. Whereas Badish. if you eat meat and shit like that, it's, it's, it's a huge carbon contribution, it's huge.
1: And also the Voyager discovery you go on when you, you look for alternatives. I made a, a lentil shepherd's pie literally two days ago. And if you tasted the lentil shepherd's pie, you would go, well, there's no reason to eat a shepherd's pie with meat. I mean, there genuinely isn't. It tastes beautiful, it's healthier, it's got all all of that going on. Um, Why would you not opt for that?
0: What's the point in opting for the meat one? No, I agree. I agree. And actually, if you look at cooking, all of the things we love the taste of, onions, garlic, uh, spices, herbs, that kind of stuff, they're not animal products are added to meat and animal products to make them taste better because they don't really have a lot of taste themselves. I bumped into the, the most funny and, and the, most, the most valuable uh, little video over the last couple of weeks by a fella called Maccabee. He's a raster. And he, he sings these songs uh, on YouTube about what he eats uh, when people ask him what he eats because he's a restaurant, because he's vegan. And uh, and he he just he lists all of these things he eats in this fantastic wrap. And it's just brilliant. And it makes you think, yeah, actually, there's a shed load of stuff that we eat, actually. And it's not all about lentils.
1: There it is. Uh, France unveils draft energy sovereignty bill with emphasis on nuclear. Um, mm. The French have always been big on nuclear. I think they own most of the nuclear in this country as well. All of it. Uh, it, it, or all of it, yes. Uh, it, it's an, an area that they, they feel they are the leaders of the world on. Not your favorite form of energy, though.
0: No. I think actually um, this is related to something EDF announced, Electricity de France. They own our nuclear power stations. No surprise there because we've sold everything. They were saying that they're extending the life of uh, the nukes that they operate in our country by 10 or 20 years, whatever they can do to wring some more life out of them. And I'm not against that because they've been built. As long as it's done safely, fine. At the same time, French government was saying, and, and instead of just having four new nukes in France, we think we need 14. So they're really going for it, which is quite incredible. But this links to what Sharma said this week as well, because he didn't just criticize the, the drilling uh, and the bill that was going through Parliament. He said that Rishi Sunak was wrong when he said that drilling for oil and gas can give us energy security. Sharma said it can't. And he said Sunak was also wrong when he said it would help lower our bills. Sharma said it can't. We know that, right? We've been saying it for weeks and weeks. But here you go. Ex-minister, senior guy in the Conservative Party said Rishi Sunak is basically telling porkies.
1: But listen, uh, I, I'm gonna fess up- something here you know every now and again you 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 hear a little knowledge (laughs) (laughs) you you hear a little fact and you go i didn't know that and everyone around you goes well you you didn't know that really and then you feel a bit of a prawn and you go all right yeah i can't keep saying i didn't know it i didn't know it all right you didn't know that no i didn't know it i can't keep so you have these moments we all have them from time to time i didn't know until just that moment what edf stood for
0: oh wow what you didn't know no (laughs) 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 <laughs> what, <really? laughs> gotcha. No. Gotcha. No.
1: <laughs> i didn't know i honestly did not know oh cool well there you go that that happened i mean i love a you know an acronym yes although that's not really an acronym no it's just initial my favorite it? acronym is the the campaign for understanding the nature of tourette's i can <laughs> see why they why did they ditch that one <laughs> it didn't go any further than the the boardroom apparently let's finish with some questions uh this from gary we are a rainforest nation why can't the national parks be rewilded with no livestock and no farming
0: it's a good question we we are actually uh or used to be a rainforest nation in this case temperate rainforest rather than the tropical version they have down by the equator and stuff like that and a temperate rainforests are really beautiful environments so we've got some bits and pieces left and we really need to bring them back and we're actually rewilding a project in sussex or a piece of land a couple hundred acres to try and do some of that why can't the national parks be turned into uh, rewilded areas with no livestock or farming? I don't know. I would do it in a heartbeat if I had that power. I think it would be a wonderful idea. At the moment, the national parks are basically national farms. And We look out at the landscape and we say, oh, isn't that beautiful wild landscape? No, it's not. It's farmed, right? There's no wildlife out there at all because the, the sheep and the cows, they eat it all. They eat all of the vegetation and yeah, and, yeah. and there's no room for habitats for, for other species.
1: Yeah, it might, might as well be a strip of concrete, you know? <laughs>
0: it might as well be. It's a wildlife desert. It looks green and beautiful, but it's not natural.
1: This from Matty, who says, What do you make of David Icke saying electric cars are a ploy from the government to control where we travel? <laughs> He's a plonker, isn't he? <laughs> You're, yeah, you, I mean, you've, had, you've got a bit of history with Ike, haven't you?
0: <laughs> not so much, I just want to say. I mean, I barely bumped into him. Only but was on a, wasn't media. there a moment
1: when he picked up on something you said on social yeah, media? Yeah,
0: yeah. And just showed how stupid he is, actually, and how disconnected from the facts he is. That's That's what I took from it. So, I mean, listen david Icke. enough said
1: yes he believes that there's an alien race that feeds on the low vibration of human beings so the more kind of mental health and negativity that is around at that end of the vibration scale the low stuff uh where we are morose and if we're in a state of moroseness that's what they feed off the alien people feed off that
0: vibration that conveniently explains why they're doing such a bad job of running the world it's intentional
1: awesome wiles has got a lot to answer for (laughs) final one from Stacey who says how can the uk call itself a democracy if its government erodes human rights particularly the right to protest strike and freely associate without fear of imprisonment
0: Well, I think it can't, actually. And if we have this stupid first-past-the-post system where with 40% of the vote, you can get an 80-seat majority in the House of Commons. I mean, that's barely democratic, is it? So listen, I'm with you, Stacey. All of this stuff is wrong. And we've got a lot to put right, actually. But I'm full of hope that this year we'll get the chance to start that process. We'll have the election. We'll boot the Tories out. And we'll get started with a very different approach from a Labour government.
1: There it is. Dale, we're we'll speaking a week. I can't wait. That is it for this episode. Don't forget to follow this podcast so that you get each new episode automatically. Importantly, follow Dale on social media Twitter.com slash Dale Vince, or is that x.com now slash Dale Vince? Mm-hmm. At Facebook as well. And of course, on TikTok
0: 2. <laughs> Zero carbon.
1: East